A huge trade deadline day for the Pittsburgh Steelers, dealing away Chase Claypool for a second round pick and getting back William Jackson for basically nothing. I'm going to talk about both of those trades on the Steelers' outlook here with Brian Batko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Brian Batko. We are both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and we're here breaking things down on the Steelers trade deadline. Remember, you can find this show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, but especially on YouTube. Like the video if you see it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of the Post-Gazette's video content on our YouTube channel. Also, today's episode is brought to you, as always, by the Acrisure Fan Advantage, the power to project one of our Post-Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office. Using augmented reality, you can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Acrisure Fan Advantage. No apps or downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Acrisure Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Brian, we thought... It would just be a nice, peaceful Tuesday. We get a little locker room. We watch a little practice. We get to talk to some coordinators. It was just going to be a nice little bye week. And then Omar Khan happened. The Steelers <laughs> trade away Chase Claypool. They get back a second-round pick. The Bears actually second-round pick for that. Then they shortly after that, it's announced that they get William Jackson, the third cornerback for the Washington Commanders, for what is a conditional flip of a sixth and pick for a sixth round pick from the Steelers and a seventh round pick from the commanders in 2025. So nothing basically at that point, Brian, we'll get to William Jackson in a bit. What was your first Don't sleep on that 2025 sixth rounder, Chris? All right. That guy's going to be a stud for the commanders. Con- conditional sixth rounder, by the way, <laughs> like, the, like there's some factor here that might still mess that up. The condition the- is whether earth still exists or <laughs> if it blew up in some sort of uh nuclear worldwide war. Uh, hey, 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 we don't need to get negative on this podcast, uh, but it's possible to happen. But, anyways, <laughs> but uh, give me your first thought. We're in the locker room. This happens. Were, were you still in the locker room when, when you realized it happened? No, I'd actually already uh, left out because I'm kind of like, all right, I got what I needed here. Didn't even necessarily think that there could be a live hug watch. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was surprising. I-, I thought it was the most intriguing trade option because I figured if Mitch Trubisky or more likely Mason Rudolph would get dealt, it'd be for for a minimal return and it would be a minimum minimal impact on the current team. Claypool was the one that even when I was asked about him in my chat on the Post-Gazette site Monday, I said, it could happen. It's it's hard to say because I don't know exactly how the rest of the league is going to value him, right? Like you knew the quarterbacks weren't going to have a ton of value on him because mostly everybody's healthy around the league at quarterback at deadline time. You'd have to be really desperate to send more than a sixth or seventh round pick for one of those guys. But Claypool could go any which way. So I said, I lean toward no, but we'll see what the Steelers think. And now we know what the Steelers think. He was uh, not worthy of, uh, of of declining an offer for a second round pick. And yeah, very, very interesting. Big move for them. Pretty uh, unprecedented move for them. Sure, they sent away Melvin Ingram on this day last year, but he wasn't playing much at that point. Right. He clearly didn't want to be there. 
Now I think we have a bit of an indication that maybe Chase Claypool didn't necessarily want to be here or at the very least was okay with leaving. I mean, here's the one thing. I, I'm not sure that like Chase Claypool wasn't a hostage at this point. You know, like like Melvin Melvin Ingram, it was pretty clear he wanted yeah. out. And uh, but I mean Chase Claypool, he was fighting like in, in the game against the Eagles, even while they were down, you saw him catch a pass and charge forward into three defenders and fight for a third down conversion. You saw him throw a touchdown on a jet sweep and look, you know, ecstatic about doing so. And then even on social media, he posted pictures. He got to take pictures with his with his, with his guys. He said, you know, last day with the boys, I appreciate all you guys. And he was and he was he was you know hanging out with them. Like I, I don't think there's any ill will from Ch Chase Claypool about the Steelers. It's just you know what. He knows, and I think everybody knows, except Chicago Bears apparently, that the Steelers weren't going to be able to pay this guy, you know, at the at the end of next season. Which, to me, is why I didn't think that the Bears or anyone would offer a second round pick for a guy that you know the Steelers couldn't keep around. Yeah, I think what he also knows though is there just wasn't quite enough targets and touches to go around in this Steelers yeah. offense. Like Claypool, I think is the type of competitor we've seen it his first few years in the league. Really no off switch for him. Like you said, Chris, he was still out there throwing blocks. He was picking up yak. I mean, he's a fiery guy, sometimes to his own detriment, as we've seen with the penalties that he really kind of cleaned up in year three uh, as a credit to him. But we we know that he, he liked to talk some junk. He is very competitive, so mm -hmm. it's not like he was mailing it in. However, I do think that, you know, you look back at some of the comments he'd made after games and and even down in the uh, the Philly locker room on Sunday, a few of us were kind of around his locker afterward, asked if he wanted to talk, and he declined, which is kind of unusual for him. So we know after the Dolphins game, he made some remarks about not having a go ball all year, that he, you know, they needed to scheme things up. So it just makes you wonder if that's what he was comfortable saying publicly, which it wasn't anything crazy, but yeah. that's what he was comfortable saying publicly. What was he saying privately? You know, I think he liked being in the slot, uh, which was a new thing for him this year now that the Steelers went out and got George Pickens. But with George Pickens, with Deontay Johnson, I just think this receiver room in Pittsburgh, especially with how much they're struggling to throw the ball, maybe just a little too crowded, uh, not quite big enough for the three of them. And I don't think he liked that, uh, you know, the, the middle of the field uh, was not an area where the Steelers were thriving, to say the least. And uh, now he's going to go somewhere. I'll be curious to see how exactly Chicago uses him if they get him back into that outside role. I actually think he's actually a little bit better as a big slot on the inside. But uh, the, maybe the Bears will move him around more than the Steelers did. And maybe simply having a bigger piece of the pie when it comes to the targets will unlock something in Chase Claypool that had eluded him here for the last you know year and a half. Yeah, um, you know. I, I think that there's a big part of that too is you know Chase Claypool wanting to go somewhere he was where he knew that he had the future or he was part of the future and you know I think you can read the writing on the wall as his agents probably did even though he said you know I don't talk to my agents about that you know my agents deal with that kind of stuff they <clears throat> yeah. but anybody knew that Chase Claypool with with Deontay Johnson being paid and George Pickens being George Pickens right behind him Chase Claypool was in a hard spot and he wasn't going to get that contract he wasn't going to get that contract now um 
And uh, and I think that he he realized that. So he's like, you know what? It, it's better to get out. But he also doesn't want to come off as the malcontent because, you know, last year, like you said, he had several of those punts. Like, you know, after the uh, you know after the Steelers lost to the Browns two years ago, and he, he said, you know, they're going to get clapped by the Chiefs or something like that. And then, you know, last year you had the pointing in Minnesota. You had, you know, like, oh, let's play music in practice. There was a lot of comments like that about oh, he didn't take this game seriously enough. And, and to Chase Claypool's credit, I, I thought he handled this year a lot more maturely than he did last I thought that he, you know, the effort that you saw out there was more consistent. I thought that there was, uh, you know, there was a sense of maturity definitely over last year. Um, but I agree. Like, there was a sense of like, you know what? Like, maybe I don't need to be here. I, I'm just, I'm just shocked the Bears off. They got the Bears actual second round pick for the, in this trade. Omar Khan, I think, works some magic. That I never thought they were. I thought the best that they would get was a late was a late third round pick for Chase Claypool. I just wasn't sure if that was what they were going to trade him for. Yeah, that's why you you couldn't really say no if you were the Steelers, right? I mean, it, to to get a top uh, probably forty five or you know at worst top fifty pick, I think for a guy who yeah not probably you know became the odd man out when you draft George Pickens in the second round and you pay. Deontay Johnson uh, on a two-year contract extension. Just uh, hard to say no. Um, and, and for Claypool, it could it blow up in the Steelers' face, I guess, if he goes to Chicago and you know puts everything together, looks like the, the rookie in 2020 who I thought was going to be with the Steelers for a decade because of uh, the combination of the size, the speed. You yeah. know, he was making contested catches that year. He had much better ball skills. So uh, it it could end up looking like a bad trade, but I think right now in the moment, um, you know, very, very difficult to disagree with this move by the Steelers and anything else would kind of be revisionist history, given how little he had been involved this season and how much consistency uh, was a struggle for him ever since that breakout year as a rookie. Absolutely. I want to talk more about you about this trade, not just for the offense, but for also for Kenny Pickett and for what a second round pick gets you. Where, yeah. where, where the bears are we'll talk about that in just a minute but first we got to talk to you guys about our friends at liquid death if you're out there tailgating you see someone crushing a tall boy and they're not looking drunk they're actually staying hydrated it's probably because they're drinking not a can of beer but a can of liquid death what's liquid death well it's the best mountain spring water that you that money can buy out there in a can not in a bottle so it's fresher colder and better tasting and why do they call it liquid death well it's here to murder your thirst and also murder plastic pollution because 10 percent of the profits from every can sold of liquid death goes to the go, goes to fight plastic pollution across the planet so you're helping out the planet and you're helping out yourself and all around healthy decision by going with some liquid death that you can find anywhere but especially at your local target 7-eleven or a county fair and literally anywhere or if you want to find a liquid death retailer near you find, use their store locator tool located at liquiddeath.com slash shore that's liquiddeath.com slash shore we're also brought to you today by valley pool and spa wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free a hot tub swim swim spa or sauna from valley pool and spa will help you feel like it is relax and soak in a hot tub or swim spa from valley pool and spa before the snow flies refresh and rejuvenate in a, in a uh, finleo sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than, than a frosty in aruba save big now on, on all in stock hot tubs swim spots and and more hot tubs visit valley valleypoolspa.com that's valleypoolspa.com for the for the offer Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We're talking 
uh, about uh, from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette about more about the Claypool trade. And again, we'll get to William Jackson the third in the third segment, but I want to look at this more. First of all, let's talk about what this actual second round pick means, Brian, because as it stands, the Steelers would have, I believe, the fifth pick in the NFL draft if the if the draft was to happen today. It, it would also mean that the Bears will have, will have given them the forty third pick in the NFL draft. So you're looking at three picks in the top 43 of the upcoming NFL draft. Uh, I, I'm not so certain that the Steelers end up in, still in the top five of, of picking. I'm not sure if they'll end up in the top 10. Um, and we could talk about that more Friday too, when we're looking at, you know, the outlook for the season out of the bye week But as of right now, you're still looking at probably two, three top 50 picks here uh, to, to legitimately look at. And this is part of what a rebuild looks, looks like getting these kind of assets. And you can package them all together and move up and pick Bryce Young. Wait, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, so I'll start that on this show. We're not, we, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, in the first segment, I mentioned, uh, you know, basically global uh, global annihilation, and even worse would be <laughs> drafting over Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. But even, yeah, even worse, even worse than nuclear holocaust is yeah. if Kenny Pickett was cast to the side. Yes, so absolutely. I mean, there's going to be a lot of holes and a lot of needs on this roster next year, Chris, as you know, I mean, beyond the obvious of, of guys who are going to become free agents, you know, your, your Cam Sutton's, um, you know, various other players on the defense, Devin Bush, uh, Terrell Edmonds, you, you know, you're, you're going to have an offensive line that you'll have another season to evaluate some of these young guys, uh, Dan Moore, Jr., Kevin Dotson, and even the free agents that you brought in this year, were they a good fit? Were they not? Uh, so you, you're going to have a lot of different ways that you can go with, with these three picks if you're the Steelers. If you want to, you could package two of them uh, and maybe have two first round picks. So uh, it's it's a good uh, it's, it's a good way for them to jumpstart this rebuild, maybe speed up the process a little in 2023, whether it's, uh, like I said, replacing guys on the defense or. Uh, fi filling in around Kenny Pickett with a supporting cast that kind of similar to what this deal does for the Bears gives them a chance to really uh, get a better evaluation of Justin Fields so that you can't say, well, we had nobody to throw to. Uh, maybe you can you know, build around Kenny Pickett a little bit more with some of these future assets. No, I, I agree because the part of this rebuild is, is going to be finding one, you know, I, I, our, our buddy Doran Dickerson, uh, the former pit tight end who now does a lot of work around. He works at channel 11, 93.7 fan, a lot of places in Pittsburgh, but he said, none of those three picks should be into any guy that's under 300 pounds. And, <laughs> and, and basically saying they got to load up in the trenches, but the Steelers, I, you know, I think with the last few draft classes, they've kind of haven't been in position to go get the premier offensive lineman, the pre premier defensive lineman, you know, Jordan Davis, uh, Christian Darisaw, like, you know, those big, you know, bigger type of names, you know, that are now becoming, you know, key players in the trenches for other teams. The Steelers would have had to trade up to get. And, you know, I think the Steelers were in a position where it's like, look, we're already missing a lot of talent. We need to, we need every pick we can get to kind of keep building right now. But you're right that this is the chance where if they finish, even if they, even if they, they somehow rally for anywhere between seven and nine wins this year, like, you know, it, it, say they go crazy in the, in this second half, they're still going to get some really good picks out of this and an opportunity to reinvest. And like you said, also, when you have two second round picks, you'll have a third round pick. Um, hell yeah. Do they have a comp pick coming this year? 
Well, we'll find out, um, you know, how that formula works, but, uh, you know, it's, it's always possible, right. right. Based on guys leaving in free agency. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they're going to have resources. And remember when we went back to last season, or this past year's draft, you know, they only had six picks and Kevin Colbert was pretty upfront about, yeah, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't have a ton of those later picks that you can kind of use to trade up in certain spots. And you're right, Chris. I mean, when people sit here and say, you know, why is the O-line not better? Why didn't they draft some guys on the D-line? It didn't really fall their way. You know, they would have had to make some bold moves to kind of move up and get people, which at the time, uh, it's kind of like, man, what are you going to use to do that? Then in retrospect, you say, well, they should have to get such and such players. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, it's the drafting has not been um, elite for the Steelers recently, far from it, especially some of those mid-round picks. But you feel good about the choices they've made on a lot of first and second round picks lately. Um, you know, they're going to get a chance to do more of that. And when it comes to the current team, the current offense, removing Claypool from the equation, Sure, it'd be nice to have Calvin Austin, you know, healthy and on the field as a slot receiver rather than, you know, sitting in a hospital room as he's doing after having foot surgery, I think, today. So that that's a, you know, that's a bummer, but it's not about this year. Like you said at the top, you know, they're not going anywhere this season. They they know that. Um, it's, this isn't a Super Bowl team that you're taking a number three option away from. They can also kind of use this, I think, as a means to, sort of recalibrate their entire approach on offense. You know, if you want to try to get Najee Harris untracked, if you want to try to play more of a ball control game to help out Kenny Pickett, well, now you can play, you know, more 12 personnel with Zach Gentry and, and Pratt Fryermuth. You can use Connor Hayward as sort of a hybrid player in your slot. And if you do want to continue in the mode that you've been into this point, maybe you, you play Deontay Johnson inside if you think he's capable of that. Maybe you put Steven Sims in there in kind of a, an audition. It doesn't really matter. It's, yeah. uh, it's just a situation where things are going to change now without Claypool. But in the long run, uh, you're you're hopefully, knock on wood, if you're the Steelers, you're going to make good draft decisions. And, you know, it's going to pay off for four or five years as opposed to uh, getting one more season and a half out of a player who has potential, but it just hasn't always been there for him. No, I I agree, and and I I say, uh, you know, I, I I say like you know this this is a I think this is a really good move for the Steelers because, again, they spent the 49th pick in the NFL draft to get Chase Claypool in 2020. Even if the Bears improve, they're three and five right now. I don't think they're going to get that much better. Um, even if they improve to maybe they have a having tough schedule left, really tough schedule. They so. they do, but let let let's give them some grace. Let's say they they improve a little bit and they move back to what the 47th pick you're still getting a higher pick three years later in the second round than you spent to even get chase claypool in the first place so basically you had him for free almost yeah and i'm not one of these people who always says you know get the picks um because like you know you hear some of the very very outlandish takes of oh just trade tj watt for a king's ransom right now yeah yeah please no that's not how you know, works. having a first round pick, um, let alone a second in the NFL, hardly guarantees that you are getting an impact player. You do your due diligence, you study as much as you can, you prep for the draft, and you still uh, have to just have some hope that the inexact science that is college prospect scouting is going to fall your way. 
Um, but in this case, for a player who I don't think is really going to add many, if any, wins to your uh, <laughs> to your final total, then yeah, I mean, at, at that point, I think they I think they did have to move on from him given the return. And I guess we should mention too that uh, you know several reports now. I think Aaron Rodgers even pretty much let it slip that the Packers also offered a second for Claypool. And you know, to Omar Khan's credit, you know, he he kind of kept the the line out there in the water and got the bears to bite on it as well. So, um, you know, other teams were interested in this guy. Like I said, it, it could be one that doesn't age well for the Steelers. If, if he, uh, you know, if he, if blows he blows up. up sure. and it, yeah. If he makes Justin Fields look like Ohio state, Justin Fields again, but uh, I, I think you have to feel good about this deal at the moment and uh, go pick up Gunnar Oshesky in your PPR league. I don't know. <laughs> in your PPR. Your league. I say Steven Sims. PPR. Yeah, geez. Uh, but it, I, I feel you in a lot of ways with uh, with the Chase Claypool. The, it, it, who knows? He might blow up. You know, he, he we see he has potential, but you weren't unlocking it right now. And you know what? Fourth year Chase Claypool will probably end up looking better than whatever second round player that the player they get for him next year. But will seventh and eighth year Chase Claypool have been more valuable to the Steelers than that pick that they get maybe a, a top tier offensive lineman, you know, and I know some people think, well, what about, you know, don't you need a first run? Like, yeah, you could, but you know, Marcus Gilbert was a big part of the rebuilding of the Steelers offense in the, in the early 2010s. He was a second round pick, you know, Stefan to was a second round pick. You could get guys that can be key contributors for many years, uh, you know, off of second round picks. So, um, I do think there's a big piece there that, that you could talk about. We also got to talk about the other trade, William Jackson the third, um, because in my opinion, the Steelers, this this like o- Omar Khan deserves an A day for what he did in these trades to to make this happen. We'll talk about that more on the North Shore Drive podcast in a minute here. But first, got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers in the Berg, of course, your number one place for Pittsburgh sports apparel. The Steelers campaign off and running. you got the Penguins playing. You can show your support for all your black and gold teams by going to Yinzers in the Berg. They have two, count them, two legendary stores in the Strip District. Plus, they have a growing online store at YinzersPGH.com. That's YinzersPGH.com. They have all the Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and so much more. Check out their website if you're not in Pittsburgh or if you're in Pittsburgh. And the next time you're heading down to the Strip District, be sure to look out for either one of their stores. But again, check them out online, yinzerspgh.com. If you bought a Chase Claypool jersey from Yinzers, you're going to have to go back and get somebody new. You got to get something new because there's – and they're going to have a lot of people new, especially if you'll have some Kenny Pickett. They're going to have them. And who knows? They might already have some William Jackson the third gear if you're that kind of a Steelers fan. Either way – Go to Yinzers in the Berg right now. Again, yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. Brian, William Jackson III. Way long ago, you were covering the Steelers in the 2016 NFL Draft, weren't you? I was not. No, you were covering Pitt at the time. I was covering Pitt at the time, but I mean, does anybody in this city forget the Artie Burns pick? Chris? Oh no! I mean, no, no, nobody does. So gather around, children. Let Christopher Carter tell you about the 2016 first round. The first round of the NFL draft, the Steelers, everybody in the world knows that they want a cornerback. And it's pretty a not well-kept secret that they're zeroing in on William Jackson III. And then all of a sudden, on draft night, the pick before the Steelers are up, the Bengals trade up, and they get William Jackson III, which seemed absurd to get William Jackson III. 
when they already had two first-round cornerbacks on their roster. So they added a third, and you're like, what the heck is that about? So then the Steelers panic in the moment, and they say, well, we'll get the next guy on our list. It's this guy out of Miami, Artie Burns, who had some good numbers. He has a good height and size and speed. Maybe he can work out. And then he turned out to be a complete bust. They didn't sign him back. He's still somewhere in the NFL floating around. I, I, he was on the Bears for a bit. I don't know. But he might be was, on Seattle. I'm going to Google that real quick. Some, something like that. But it was not worth it. The Steelers lose out on that value, and clearly they messed up. The Bengals get William Jackson the third. He's a decent cornerback for them for a few years. He guards Antonio Brown a couple, well in a couple of games um, and, and is pretty feisty. But they don't sign him long term because they're in the middle of their rebuild. He goes on to the Washington Commanders. It's kind of okay there. Nothing spectacular. But now he's back with the Steelers. And... It's for nothing. They get him. The, the trade compensation here, Brian, was their sixth round pick in 2025 for a and a seventh. And they get back a seventh round pick in 2025. So literally, there's a conditional, not even a real, a conditional swapping of sixth and seventh round picks three years down the line. I'll literally be 36 years old when that happens. If it happens. I guess we don't know what the conditional is, right? Right, because that's the thing is that if the condition is that William Jackson the third starts X amount of games and he doesn't, sure. <laughs> they don't even get that. Like they don't even lose right. that. But but who cares if in twenty twenty five you have a seventh you have a seventh round pick instead of a sixth round pick? You, you if if this guy if William Jackson the third is really good, you you killed this trade. If he's bad, you lost nothing. Nothing. There's there's nothing you lose about it. And anyone that's like, oh well, this his salary cap is pretty high in 2023. None of it's guaranteed. When you trade when you trade for a player, you lose. None of that dead money comes with him. Yes, he's owed 12.75 million. I guarantee you, if he's good, they renegotiate that down to a few years. They spread it out the money so he gets paid. Maybe he's maybe making like five or six million dollars next year. If he's bad, they cut him in. Oh well, they swapped picks, the sixth and seventh round picks in the 2025 NFL draft. This, yeah, I mean it's a it's a low low risk, um, possibly high reward signing. It, you know, Jackson's thirty; he's got a back injury that's kept him out um, for the second half of this. Well, for the past three or four weeks of this season, dude might be washed. But you know, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have liked making these kinds of trades. They they like to bring in high pedigree, first round type talents and. You know, th this is a case where, you know, I assume he's going to be on the active roster because that's why you trade for him. But, you know, remember, they've got it. They brought in a guy like Carl Joseph last season, who I think was also class of 2016 in the draft. And Tomlin <laughs> liked him coming out of West Virginia. Uh, so they stashed him. He's still stashed. He's injured, but uh, he's he's on injured reserve. So, well, you know, uh, vastly different. But Minka Fitzpatrick was somebody they loved in the pre-draft process. And they circled back around on him. So this is something that they've they've made a habit of doing. Jackson, again, for all we know, could be on his last legs. It's not like he's lost his starting job, but you know, apparently he wasn't playing real well. Maybe that's a a result of the back injury that he's dealing with. Mm -hmm. But um, it, there was also a report out there, I think, from Josina Anderson that he wanted to come here. Pittsburgh was his preferred destination. So maybe he was watching AJ Brown dunk on Akella Witherspoon left and right Sunday and was like. I can do that, but you know, here he comes. So uh yeah, I mean we'll we'll see what happens there. It's a move by the Steelers that could amount to nothing. He was gonna get cut probably by the commanders uh if they didn't find a trade partner. Steelers essentially just jumped the line to go ahead and bring him in now. See if nah. he's got anything left in the tank. 
Right, exactly. Now, here's what I will say about William Jackson III. As a person who watched him a little bit, and I, I got to talk to a uh, host of Locked On Commanders, uh, David Harrison. He's a film guru himself. And he was telling me, he's like, Chris, like, he's like, I actually see this could work out for you guys because, you know, or well, for Pittsburgh, of course, uh, for the team that I, I do the Locked On Steelers podcast as well there. But he was talking about how William Jackson III just couldn't fit into what Washington did because they were all about backed off zone play didn't it didn't ask much of bump and run and that's where his strength is when he plays at his best is when he's like hey press this guy at the line of scrimmage be physical with them run around the field with them run in one-on-one situations and when the Bengals asked him to do that he was successful when they tried to switch it up and make him do things he was uncomfortable with that's when more of his mistakes came you know you look at his pff numbers they're not great like he gives up you know he, he gives up a high completion percentage he's given up some touchdowns um he doesn't have you know the the, the high breakup numbers the last year or so um but at the same time, you know, if it might be a big part of it, because he's been asked to do things that are out of his skill set. And, geez, and, you know, one of part of what my, my friend David Harrison was saying, you know, he fell out of favor with Jack Del Rio because it was just he couldn't fit the scheme that they wanted there. So a big part of this could be like, you know what? All they're asking of William Jackson III is on those plays when when Akella Witherspoon was getting toasted because he couldn't bump and run with A.J. Brown or Jamar Chase. Maybe they're saying, you know what, William Jackson III, go do that. You're the 30-year-old veteran. You're six foot. You can go out there. You can bang with guys. Do that and just don't get toasted because – in the two games that they've been that the Steelers haven't been in this year, it's because been because they've given up those big passes to uh, to, to uh, Gabe Davis and uh, to AJ Brown and the Bills and the Eagles. But every other game, they've been able to limit those plays, take those plays away, and they've been, had just they've had a puncher's chance to win at the end. And you know, the most of them they still come out on the short end. But with TJ Watt back, that might be a different story. You think William Jackson uh, gets a PBU against Nelson Aguilar in Week Two? I think so, actually. I think he makes a better play in the football. Because I also think I think it's not. It might not even be as much of a, a, a pass breakup. I think he jams him at the line of scrimmage because what he's so good at when I watch him on tape is if he's pressing you, his hands are so much more accurate than what Akella like Akella Witherspoon has length, and when he's at his best, he can run with you and he can make a good play in the ball. He can get his head turned around, but. William Jackson III will, will jam you and knock you off the timing in your route. So especially with a quarterback who's not that great, you know, Mac Jones, for example, you know, they, they might not throw that ball because you know what? He might not be as further down the down the field because he's had to fight more to get off the line of scrimmage. So that ball might not even get thrown, let alone, uh, you know, as far as, it, you know, maybe a pass breakup happening there. But again, you're looking for guys. This defense, you know, the way it's structured with T.J. Watt comes back, They'll have the the pass rush will be back. You know they may not be like league leading or anything again, but they'll be active. I, I really think with a healthy TJ Watt. And if the pass rush is going and you have cornerbacks that aren't getting beat, uh, you know to give up easy plays way down the field, I think you put your defense in a really good spot to win a lot more games and to not have to be to not have to uh you know you know to to, to not put the offense in such bad situations so that the offense can just do the little that it can to succeed. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every year when the Steelers would play the Bengals, Tomlin would throw out a little line in his, uh, you know, pre preamble there that William Jackson, you know, they like his length, his he's got good speed, he's a physical corner, so you know they've kept an eye on him uh, since that pre-draft process. Where I think our own Jerry Dulac reported that uh, at the time that the Steelers liked Jackson a little bit more than Artie Burns, but they also really liked Artie Burns. Yeah, sure, sure you did, but um, yeah, I mean, hey. Maybe Will Jackson can't run anymore. One thing that's maybe important to note is the Steelers don't exactly make a point of acquiring guys 30 or older 
uh, whether it's in free agency or trades. Uh, they've, they've started to buck that trend a little bit. Melvin Ingram was one last year. So my, my point to say there is I think they're kind of acutely aware of, hey, this guy can't run anymore or this guy just can't do it. We've seen them move on from players specifically in the secondary when they get up there in age, you know, Joe Hayden most recently. So uh, perhaps that is a sign that they do think William Jackson III is not done just yet, but uh, we'll see. Like you said, they, they, you know, they can easily get out of it next year if he doesn't prove to be an upgrade over Levi Wallace or Akella Witherspoon. So um, they made the move. They must see something, and we'll see. Uh, probably next week against the Saints, uh, if, if William Jackson the is able to get out there and get healthy. We certainly will see. We'll also see this week. I mean, do they have more practices this week, or is the bye week cancel things out? They are practicing today, Wednesday. Um, there, there you go. It's kind of a short, short getaway day for the guys, but this current team might, might need the work. So, um, so we'll see if if Jackson is uh, able to make it to Pittsburgh today and. Perhaps we'll have a chance to catch up with him. If not, we are scheduled to talk to defensive coordinator Terrell Austin. So he should have some insight there. And maybe Mike Tomlin will grace us with some comments as well. Absolutely. Do check out everything at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, where Brian Batko, Ray Fittipato, and Jerry Dulac are breaking all things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Also, check out the North Shore Drive podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially YouTube. If you're seeing this on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get over a thousand subscribers uh, soon. We're very close, guys. You could be the thousand subscriber. That'd be really helpful here to us at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Thanks so much for helping us out. Subscribe to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette itself as well to get all of our great content. Thanks again for checking us out. Brian and I, Brian and I will be back here on Friday recapping everything, getting more thoughts on him uh, from him on the bye week and where the Steelers actually are. We spent a lot of time talking about the, the, the trades themselves and what it does specifically, but I want to get his thoughts more on Kenny Pickett, the defense, where this team's headed. Will they finish a t- with a top 10 pick or will they be pushing for the comp- the playoff conversation in December? We'll talk more about that on Friday. We'll see you then right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.